here's what we are going to talk about today. What do you do when there is something bad, especially the idea of when there is something bad that is mixed in with something good? And so maybe it is mostly good, a little bit good, but there's something bad in the midst of it. And so let me give you a couple examples. So first, bananas. How many of you, if you open up a banana and you find like a big bruised black spot, how many of you guys still eat the whole banana? Okay. Uh, how many of you will cut off just the bruised part and throw that away and eat the rest of it? How many of you will throw away the whole, whole banana? All right, good honesty, I like that. Okay, it's a little bit harder. Uh, bread. If you open bread and it's got mold on it, and maybe it's just, you know, this is a little overkill, but just maybe it's like on one piece. How many of you will still eat the, the whole bread mold and all? Anybody? No one's looking for penicillin? Okay. Uh, uh, how many of you will throw away the moldy piece but still eat the rest of it? All right. A few people grew up with some depression parents. That's good. Uh, how many of you would throw the whole bread away? All right. Uh, all right. What about this one? If you have a shirt and it gets a stain on it, how many of you will just still wear that shirt stain and all? You're, you're good to go. <laughs> all right. Uh, how many of you will wear the shirt with a stain but you make sure you cover up the stain. So it's got a sweater over it. It's got a vest. Like, uh, how many of you will just throw the shirt away? Like, it's done. It's got, all right. Now, that's interesting, but we want to go a little bit deeper today. And so, what about in, like, bigger things of life? What about things like your family? Like, if you have a family member, and they're, they're mostly good or a little bit good, but there's some parts about them that are just, they're bad. I mean, they just have some ugliness in them. What do, what do you do? Do you, do you keep that person around? Do you throw them out? Or what about in your organization? If you work for an organization, if you volunteer at an organization, and you realize, like, ooh, there's something bad here. Do you, do you throw it out? Do you keep it? Your political party? You, you, you find, I, I agree with some of this, but, like, there's someone or someones in our organization that I, they're not good. What do you do with that? Or what about church? Again, church is not a building. It's a group of people. What do you do if you're hanging out with a church, a group of people, and you realize there's some people here that are bad? What do you do? Uh, and actually, I, I want to up to Andy a little bit more and not just talk about bad today, but what we want to really ask is, what do we do when there's evil? in the midst of a person, an organization, what do we do with that? Uh, and there's a couple different uh, options. Uh, one option is that we could ignore it. It's like, eh, I'm not gonna, I'm just gonna avoid that. And, and I get that. Uh, a couple uh, weeks ago, uh, I was emailing with our trustees about some different things and uh, one of our trustees, and we've been trying to figure out for the last two years, what do we do with all this COVID stuff? And uh, we you know, just kind of get to this point where like, it feels like it's a little bit more lax. And uh, they're like, hey, I just want to let you know, here's some of the reports that are coming out of Hong Kong and this new variant. And like, <sighs> there's a part of me that's like, I was like, I get it. But it's like, just, just, sh- sh- I just, I just don't want to know. Like, just give me my week. Like, I just, I, I just I'll, I'll, I'll think about it when I have to, but I would just rather ignore it and act like it doesn't exist. And for some of us, when it comes to things that are evil, that's what we would love to do, is we would love to ignore it. 
for others of us, uh, we, can, we can join it. Uh, and this is especially true. I mean, the idea of evil, uh, we're talking about the idea of sin. Uh, there's a, a preacher that I like a lot, and he will uh, say the phrase that if sin isn't fun, you're not doing it right. Uh, and there's an idea that there's some things that like some people might look at and be like, that's evil, but you're like, I, have you tried it? it it's not you know, a way you can go. Uh, another way is folks, and they were up in North Dakota, and it was this like military install, kinds of them on this big property, and they're abandoned. But these folks had like moved in, and they were living off the grid. And there was a whole kind of group of people who saw all the evil in the world, and they thought, you know what? We're just going to like go over here. And we're going to hang out in North Dakota, and we're going to be off the grid, and like, we in the world, but we're just going to remove ourselves from it. And that's an option. Uh, or the other option is you can cancel it, and the kind of whole cancel culture idea that, man, here's this person, this or I saw something evil in them, and so that's, we're done with them. And what do you do about that? Uh, and then the bigger question that we always want to ask, not just what we would do, because that's interesting, but we really want to ask the question is, what, what does Jesus say about this? If Jesus is our king, if we're trying to follow him, what does Jesus say about what we should do that Jesus told where he uh, talks about this exact topic? So here's a story that's found in Matthew 13. If you've been with Jesus talks about in Matthew 13 in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. So it's supposed to be all weeds, but uh-oh, now there's, there's evil. There's weeds in the midst of it. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where did the weeds come from? Uh, and here's how they responded. An enemy did this, he replied. Uh, so, Everyone clear now on where, what, what, why, what we do with evil? Everybody good? Okay. One of the things we've talked about over the course of this series is that these parables that Jesus told are not necessarily meant to make it like super clear and easy. They're actually meant to make us think. And so if it's ever a little confusing, don't feel bad about that. We're a little bit, it's supposed to like roll our minds with it a little bit. And even the folks who knew Jesus best 2,000 years ago, his disciples, when they heard this story and other stories, they're like, Say, what? Like, they, they didn't really understand. So here's what the disciples said. So then he left the crowd and went into the house, and his disciples, they came to him, and they're like, yeah, can you, that didn't make any sense. Explain to us, I have to go back. One more. Parable of the weeds in the field. The one who sowed the good seed is the son of man, God, Jesus. Then the field is the world, and the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. Okay, the weeds are the people of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. Uh, now, this brings up a whole kind of interesting answer to a question that many of us have asked before. It's one thing to say, what do we do with evil? But a question that many of us have asked in our lives before as we've looked around our world is the question, well, why is there evil in general? Well, well, what, why? Why in this good world with a good God, why is there evil? And Jesus is answering that for us. Uh, we might not like the answer, but this is the answer Jesus gives. Is here's why there's evil. Sorry, uh, go back one more. Here's why there's evil. It's because there's an enemy. And that enemy is called the devil. And 
for reference, when we talk about the idea of the devil, don't think, you know, red guy with pitchfork, you know, living in flames. We're thinking there is a spiritual evil force that is trying to corrupt, that is trying to cause harm, that is trying to cause evil. Uh, here's the way that uh, Jesus describes uh, the devil in another part. He said, he, meaning the, the devil, was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Uh, now, a, a bit, bit of a theological distinction here, if you've uh, been around church world. Uh, something that we believe as a church, there's different ways in which you can read this, this text of the parable of the read, weeds. Uh, one way that you could read it is the idea that what Jesus is saying here is that there's, there's good people and there's bad people. There's people that are born from the beginning as wheat, and there's people that are born from the beginning as weeds, and they really don't have a choice in it. And so the question is, as us, as good people, because we'll assume we're all good, how do we deal with the bad people? Uh, and that's one way you could read this. The other way to read it, which is the way that I read it, the way our elders of this church read it, is that in each and every one of us, there is a good person and there is a bad person. Uh, we're all a little bit Jekyll and Hyde. And there's a part of us that, where God is growing wheat in us, and there's a part of us where, God is, where, where, where the devil is trying to grow wheat. I'm sorry, he's trying to grow weeds in us. Uh, so before we go on, I want to make sure that we're like concrete in our minds about that. Uh, so on uh, your tables, there's a bunch of these sheets. Uh, if you're online, uh, if someone can share the PDF that I sent. Uh, and, the idea, and there's one column that's called strongholds, and one is called freedom. And what we believe about all these is that God is speaking. God is trying to do something in each of our lives. God is trying to grow wheat in our lives, and that's called the freedom. God, that's what God wants to do. And then on the other hand, the enemy, the devil, is trying to grow lies in us. He's trying to grow weeds inside of our lives. And all of us, I hope, can admit that there's some things in our life where we have been lied to and we have believed the lie. The weed has started to grow in our life. Uh, so I actually want to give you a, a minute or two here. I'm going to let you read through this. I'm going to be quiet and just read through the different good things and the bad things, the wheat and the weeds. And are there some of these lies in particular that are true of you that you have believed that you struggle with. Uh, and then we'll keep talking about it in a second. So take uh, a minute and uh, look through that. Uh, if you have a pen, you can circle it, whatever you want to do to kind of indicate that.
which we'll look through more as we keep going here. But here's the question. What do we do with that? So all of us have these, we, I mean, we are people of deceit. We are people of pride. Uh, some of us have folks in our family, people that we work with, you know, and they're, you know, they're, they're just so jealous or they're just control freaks. And like, what do we do with that? Uh, and so here's what we ask is, that's what do we do about that evil in our lives, but what does Jesus say to do? Uh, and here's how the parable continues. It says, an enemy did this, he replied. An enemy put this in your life. So the servant asked him, well, do you want us to go and pull them up? What? Which I think would be the thing that makes sense to most of us. Like, well, all right, there's bad things in our life. That's obviously what Jesus is going to want us to do. Pull them up. Get, get them out as quick as possible. That would make sense. But here's what Jesus says. No. The evil, the bad, the sin. No, he answered. Because while you are pulling up the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. He goes on. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at that time, I, not you, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned, then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. Uh, a little bit of context uh, before we go on. Uh, what Jesus was talking about 2,000 years ago uh, was he's talking about wheat and weeds. It was a very specific thing that the folks 2,000 years ago would have automatically got because they lived in a very agricultural society. Uh, so he's talking about a certain kind of wheat, which is still, I think, basically the wheat we have now. But then when he says the weed, he was using this word uh, darnel, which is kind of like a faux wheat. Uh, it's, apparently, it looks almost exactly like wheat. And so like while it's growing, it looks almost exactly the same. It's like, is that, is that wheat or that weeds? You can't really tell. And it's not until the harvest that you finally can see what was the wheat and what was the wheat. And so that's what Jesus was talking about here. Now, before we go on, has anyone ever experienced anything like that before? Uh, we moved into our house in 2009, our house over here by uh, uh, New Scotland, uh, by St. Peter's Hospital where we live. And when we first moved in, uh, our landscaping in the front, especially just looked beautiful. Whoever lived there before done a great job with it. And so we just enjoyed that. We moved in June and all summer long, our landscaping looked great. And then we were there for our second year. And so this time of the year in the spring, some stuff started to grow up. And like, I, I just, I, that, Never, I didn't know much about landscaping. And so I didn't really know, like, it looked to me like there were some weeds growing up and it looked like there were some flowers growing up. And so I couldn't really tell what was what. And so what I did is I was like, I, I don't want the weeds here. So let me go and just start tearing up all these weeds. And I was all happy with myself. I'm just going, 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 going. And then one of my neighbors pulled up and she knows a lot about landscaping. And she's like, John, what are you doing? Like, you're, and she started like, you're pulling up this flower and this flower and this flower. Like, you're, like, in your pursuit of trying to get rid of all the bad stuff, you're inadvertently tearing up the good stuff as well. And have any of you seen that before? Maybe some of you grew up in a church, and the church was just, I mean, they, they became, they wanted to get rid of the bad. You know, maybe you grew up in one of the churches and they would like bang on the pulpit and, you know, maybe they would boycott things. And they would have protest. And like there was evil in the world and they were, they were going to get rid of it. 
But maybe in the process of trying to get rid of the evil, there was some good. Maybe there were some people you know that in the process of that, maybe some of you, you're like, I think I'm out. I don't think I want anything to do with this anymore. And there's some folks that got sidelined from church because they were so focused on getting rid of the bad. Or have any of you ever experienced in a family before? And in that family, I mean, they were so, you know, they wanted to make sure that the kids weren't going to get on drugs. They wanted to make sure, you know, they, 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 they were so afraid of making sure that the kids got rid of the bad that in the process of being so strict about getting rid of the bad, they actually drove the good away. And now the kids don't want anything to do with it. I mean, there's a relationship was severed and the good was driven out with the bad. And that has the ability to happen. Uh, next. So well, what we ask is, what do we do about evil? And one thing is, what does Jesus say about it? Um, but I think another maybe even better question is, what did Jesus do with that? Because there's a part of this whole thing that I think is just very, I think it's part of Jesus' goal of this. It's a little unsettling because like, okay, there's, there's evil in me. I want to get rid of it. You're telling me to keep it. There's, there's evil in my kid. Like, do I, do, I, do I pull it? Do I not pull it? Like, what exactly do I do with this? And so let's look at what Jesus did. Uh, so first, we know that God, uh, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. God's general, Jesus' general thesis is he didn't come to condemn the world, but he came to save the world. So how is he going to save the world? How is Jesus going to interact with evil and sinners by not condemning them. And here's a couple of things we see. So sometimes many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. So how did Jesus deal with evil sinner people? Well, a lot of times he would eat with them. Uh, other times, uh, said if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is and that she is a sinner. What kind of interaction did Jesus have with evil sinner people? Well, he would allow them to get so close that they were touching him. Uh, other times, so now the tax collectors and the sinners were all gathered around to hear Jesus. Who were the people that were gathering around Jesus to hear what he had to say? Apparently, it was the sinners, the, the, the evil people. Uh, and then uh, one last one. He said, then neither do I condemn you. Jesus didn't come to condemn, Jesus declared. But go and leave your life of sin. Jesus had this like interesting dynamic where how he, he saw the evil in the world. Uh, he, uh, go to the next one. Uh, he, he didn't just ignore it. He, he was like, no, there's, there's sinners in the world. I'm a, you know, he, he definitely didn't join them, but he was eating with them and friends with them. He wasn't hiding away. He wasn't canceling them. Jesus took this like weird new middle road. Uh, and here's how I would describe it, is that the kingdom of God is like, it's, it's messy. It's like this like weird place where it's like there's, there's good and there's bad and they're together. It's, it's all combined. Uh, so what exactly does that look like? What does that look like for us? What does that look like for our church? Here's a couple examples that I think might help make this clear. For us as a church, we, Christ Church Albany, uh, here's how this text and others like this has impacted the way in which we are trying to live our lives. The first is that we partner 
with weedy organizations. Uh, one of the big things that we do as a church is that we do things like serve Albany events, love Albany, uh, love Albany events. Uh, we do movie nights in the summer. Uh, we have the big Easter egg hunt coming up in a couple weeks. Uh, before the pandemic, we did a big festival called the Ignite Volunteer Festival. And one thing that's happened at different times at these different festivals that we've done is people have come to me, well-meaning, and they're like, I don't know if you knew this, John. This organization that you're working with, did you know that their leader said da, 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 da? Did, did you know that they have this policy? Da, 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 da. Did you know that they have this kind of a procedure? Did you know that they stand for this? And they will point out some sort of way in which this organization actually has some evil or bad in it. And so we've had, like, are we going to work with organizations that are just good? Or are we going to work with organizations that are a little bit of a mixed bag? And one of the things that we've often said is, are we going to work with organizations where we agree with them on everything, which, by the way, I think would be no organizations? Or what we've said is we're going to work with organizations who, who if we agree with them on anything, we will work with them on that thing. And that's it's messy. It's, it's, it's very but it's what we think Jesus would call us to do. Uh, here's what else uh, it means. It means we welcome weedy people. Uh, we've often said that we want to open up our doors to literally anybody who comes in. And whew, you guys have proven it true today. Uh, and there's messiness in there because that means that we have people in here. We got some bitter people in here. Uh, we, we got some control freaks in here. We got some idolaters. We got some people that are in the midst of despair. Some people that are really, really jealous, and that can get a little bit difficult. Uh, I remember in our first year of a church, it was a family. I don't remember their names. I don't remember anything about them. So hopefully, it's no one that any of you guys know. But they came just for one service, and they had kids. And so when they checked their kids up into our kids ministry, uh, they came afterwards and they're like, "We are never coming to this church again." I was like, "Why?" And they're like, "Well, because." Our kids heard someone, another kid in the ministry say a curse word. It was probably one of my kids. And, and what they were saying is, like, there's a big, scary, evil world out there. But when we bring our kids to church, we want, we want them to be surrounded by safe, good. We want them to have good role models. We want them to have good peers. And I get that. And some of you, I mean, you've joined a community group because you want to be surrounded by, like, I, I got enough, like, knuckleheads at work. Like, I want to be surrounded by people that are going to actually show me a better way to live. And sometimes there can be a little bit of, I got involved in a community group. It's like, I thought these were, like, spiritual people. I'm like, I get to know them a little bit. They, they got some weeds in them. And what we have said is, yeah, we're, we're going to intentionally welcome people that have issues to join and be a part of what we're doing. Uh, not only that, uh, but we're going to invite weedy people to lead. Uh, and I don't want to dump on anybody, but just for the four guys that you saw up here today, great guys. I know them all, love them all. They're weedy. <laughs> and you guys want to object to that? Uh, uh, but both of our elders are here today. Uh, Zach, Craig, they got some weeds in their life. You guys want to object to that? <laughs> the guy who you sit and listen to try to explain scripture, I got some weeds inside my life. And get, we, 
if you've been with us for a while, we've got some pushback for that before because sometimes we'll, we'll put people in positions of leadership and other people's like, but they have evil in their life still. Like we know, but they got good in their life too. And we just, it's messy. It's difficult. Uh, lastly then, uh, get personal. So now let's talk about our own selves and our own lives. Is for our own lives, as we all look and some of us, strongholds. We, get, we got both these things growing in our lives. And so what do we focus on? Do we focus on the wheat in our life or do we focus on the weeds? And I think this is really the crux of what Jesus was talking about in this parable. So to look at this, I'm going to look at a, a text from a guy named Paul wrote this to a church in Rome 2,000 years ago. First, he says this, I do not understand what I do, which if anyone's looking for like a scripture, the, the, sometimes people put like scriptures on like on their signatures, you know, that would be a great one, I think. It's like, I don't know what I do. Uh, for what I want to do, I do not do. Can you relate to that? Some of you, if you're a part of one of our community groups, uh, every week we do a community group, we do an I will statement. So we all leave like this week, I will. And like, you know, I'm going to do it, you know, like, but we go through the week. It's like what I wanted to do, like I just, I didn't do what I wanted to do, but what I hate, oh, I hate when I do that. I hate when I say that, like, oh, what? that's what I do. It's, it's all of us. Like, we have these weeds and wheat both in our lives. Uh, that's Romans 6. Now this is Romans 7. He says, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set, focused, on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set focused on what the Spirit desires. It's like a distinction. Like, you can focus on what's wrong, or you can focus on what's right. Uh, the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed, this is what's making my priorities, by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It doesn't submit to God's law, nor can it do so. But those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death, I got death in me, I got all these weeds because of sin, the Spirit gives life of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of the Spirit who lives in you. Here's, what, here's how I take what Paul is saying. Here's how I take what Jesus is saying with the weeds. We all have these things in our life, and we, we can focus on what we're going to prioritize. We could focus on the weeds. We could focus on saying, I, I, got, I got problems in my life. I got problems in my family. I got problems in my kids. And I'm just, I got to focus on getting rid of those. And you might get rid of some, but in the process, you might end up pulling up a lot of good. Or you can decide to focus on the good. And this might seem like a little difference, but I think that it's huge. Uh, so last uh, time we were together, you might have seen this. We talked about a way in which we're making decisions a lot uh, over the next little bit as a church, and both individuals and as an organization. So, uh, good is this idea of what's our goal, habits. I tell you, 
depending on what you choose to focus on will radically change this. If I have cho- chosen, my goal is I'm not going to be bitter. That's, that, I, I don't want to be a bitter person anymore. Then if you want to, you will create habits that will help you to not become bitter. You will, create, you will find content that will help you not become a bitter person. You will find friends that maybe help you not to be a bitter person. And then in the end, you won't be bitter, and that'll be a good thing for the world. But like, that's really all you'll achieve. But if you make the small distinction of saying, I'm not going to just focus on bitterness. I'm going to focus, my goal, I don't want to just not be a bitter person. I want to focus on forgiveness. I want to get better at being a forgiving person. Then you will create habits based off of you becoming a more forgiving person. You will find content. You will find friends. And that like small, if you decide to focus on the good instead of the bad, parents, if you decide, like, with my kids, like, I, it's not that I just don't want them to become sexually immoral. I, I, I want them, I, I, I want them to be people who experience God's wonderful gift of sexuality. If your goal is that, it's going to change the whole deal. If you're, if you're focused on, I'm just, I'm just not going to be controlling, but if you're focused on trying to do good, it's going to change everything. And this is over and over again, what we see with Jesus is that even though he's acknowledging the bad in the world, he's not afraid to talk about the bad in the world. He's not ignoring, he's not hiding it. He is choosing to focus on highlighting the good and hopefully that will get rid of the bad. Uh, Here's how uh, we say it sometimes as a church and as an organization is that we want to be known for what we are for, not for what we are against. Uh, when I look at an organization, I want them to see, I, it, we might not agree on everything, but here's what I see in you. Here, here's, here's what I'm for. When I talk to a friend, an individual, I want to bring out what, what, what I see in them that is good. Uh, and hopefully that will have the ability to change the world. Uh, lastly, before we go into communion, uh, anecdotally, in my landscaping world, uh, I have seen this to not only be helpful in my life, I have seen this to be helpful with my yard. So when I look at my yard, uh, I want to get rid of the weeds. And I've seen that there's multiple ways to do that. One, I can throw a bunch of chemicals and I can try to torch as much of the yard as possible and I will succeed in getting rid of the weeds. And oftentimes I will often get rid of a lot of good grass too. Or another way to go is you can keep throwing grass seed, grass seed, grass seed. And if you actually grow enough good, at some point it crowds out the bad and there's not enough. And we have chosen to make that goal as a church. And as we go into communion, that's what we remember every time when we get together for communion, is that Jesus, he acknowledges the bad in your life, but he very quickly says, you don't need to, I got that. That's forgiven, that's over, that, 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 that's over. That's nailed to the cross. What I want you to do is I want you to focus on the spirit that rose me from the dead. And that is going to bring up something good in your life. And that's what we want to be as a group. That's what we want to be as a people. Uh, so uh, the band's going to come up. You guys can hide behind the curtain over there. And uh, they're going to sing a song that has that idea of this Jesus who loves you, who acknowledges your sin, and who wants to change you who wants to see the good come out of you, who believes, who wants, who sees the good in you, not just the bad in you. 
And at any point while we're singing this song, if you want to take communion to remember that of how much Jesus loves you and has forgiven you, then you can do that. Uh, Let me pray for us, and then let's take communion together. Uh, Jesus, thank you that when you look down from heaven, I am so full of wheat, and I am so full of weeds. But my identity, who you see when you see me, is you don't, my weeds have been forgiven. My, and even though they're still there, you have chosen to cover those with your blood and to see the wheat in my life. Help me to live in that identity. Help me to see other people through that identity. Help me to know that I have a job and you have a job and my job is to focus on you. My job is to see the good, see the love, embrace the grace. And if there's sin to be condemned, if there's something that you want to bring up with your Holy Spirit in someone's life, that's, that's your job. My job is to love. Your job is to forgive and to help us as we move this. We love you. Same with pray. Amen.